Great. Wow. Ready? Uh, ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Want to do a shot or something? Mm, tempting. <laughs> I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pelosic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hi! Hello! (laughs) Hey, it's DVD Deathmatch. Here we are. Here we are. Back for another um, episode? Titillating episode. I was trying to come up with an ad. Adjective, obviously. You nailed it. Titillating. <laughs> Great. Um, hey, hey, how are you doing? Doing okay. Great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. I'm trying to think of... I don't have much to say at the top. No. I'm trying to think of what I've been watching lately. You know what I've been watching lately? What? A lot of Denzel Washington movies. That's true. You're on a real Denzel kick. I like watched Crimson Tide, mm-hmm. and then I was like, hey, Denzel Washington's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird. Do you ever do you have that feeling about anybody that like Am I obsessed it, with anyone? Yes. No, no, no. No, no. Oh. I'm not I know I know about your obsessions. <laughs> um Do you ever have that feeling about someone who's like an enormous, huge, globally recognized superstar and you're still like, I think they're like underrated. Mm. I hear what you're saying. I can't think of anyone right mm, I can't think of anyone right now. But I do hear what you're saying. I feel like Denzel Washington is like underrated as a huge star in yeah. a weird way. Because you think about anyway, I've been watching a lot of Denzel Washington movies, but not like the the important ones. I've actually been watching a lot of his like Tony Scott movies, which is like Taking of Pelham One Two Three, mm. uh, Deja Vu, yeah. uh, Man on Fire, Crimson Tide, like and I'm gonna watch Unstoppable, which is the Chris Pine train one next. Yeah. And, like, they're so good. They're just, like, solid movies, all of them. And he's so good in all of them. I don't know. I'm just, I'm on a real, I also watched um, Roman, what is it called? Roman J. Israel Esquire, which is a movie he, that came out a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. um, starring him as this, like, lawyer, this, like, civil rights attorney who gets, like, sucked into kind of, like, intrigue. It had, almost had, like, a Michael Clayton thing, but in, I don't know. Okay. It was weird. It was a very weird movie, but that no one saw or talks about. <laughs> but anyway, I'm on a real Denzel. Denzel Washington. Heard of him? Heard of him? <laughs> he's very good. That's all. He is very good. It's funny. He's, like, a funny one for me, because I do, I think he's very, very good. He doesn't, and I think I said this to you, he he feels like he's doing the same thing in in every film. Yeah. And it's not that it's bad, but there's also like an aspect to it where it's like he's not, he's not disappearing into a role. He's making a role his own. Like no one else would play it the way that he plays it. Yeah. And it's different by virtue of the fact that there are different characters that he's playing, but it's yeah. all kind of the same thing i don't know it's weird and no tea no shade i'm not like saying that as a bad thing no i know what you mean though it's like it's he just brings, like very interesting yeah it's like tom cruise like brings yeah. a very yeah, tom yeah, yeah, cruise yeah. energy to everything yeah and uh, you know even though they're different characters anyway <laughs> tom cruise and denzel have you heard of them? Have you? <laughs> we're gonna crack the These case little right indie here. actors yeah exactly um do we have any topics at the top? 
Uh, Denzel Washington being a good actor was my big one. So I don't know if that really no, I think breaking new ground there. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I don't have anything to announce. Great. Great. I love that. (laughs) Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into it. Y'all, we done did it again. (laughs) We watched two movies. Y'all, we done did it again. Y'all, we done did it again. (laughs) Um, This week we watched Doubt from 2008 and Junebug from 2005. It's an Amy Adams double feature. <laughs> Y'all. Y'all, Amy Adams double feature. Amy, Amy Adams double feature. Amy Adams double feature. Amy Adams. Oh, fuck. You lost it. <laughs> Six-time Oscar nominee. <laughs> Never won. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's start with Doubt from 2008, directed by John Patrick Shanley. Our IMDb summary is a Catholic school principal questions a priest's ambiguous relationship with a troubled young student. Yes. That's pretty great, actually. That is. For an IMDb summary, that's like killer. Yeah, really <laughs> concise, clear, correct. Yes. The three C's. <laughs> we love to see it. Ah. We love to see it. Oh, wow. You're so smart. Oh, um. thanks. <laughs> um, so this uh, was a play by John Patrick Shanley. Yeah. Who is a playwright. That's why it was a play. Great. Going great. What was that about getting, me being smart? <laughs> we are getting through communication here. It's um, really good. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it was a play. And he uh, not only adapted it to film, but he directed it, which I think is amazing. I mean, like, cards yeah. on the table immediately. This movie is incredible. It is yeah. incredible. Um and if you haven't seen it, go see it immediately. What are you doing with your life? Loved out. Um, we've got our favy fave, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. We've got everyone's favy fave, Meryl Streep. Yeah. We've got, as we said, Amy Adams. Yeah. We've got Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Oh my God. On screen In, for like ten minutes. Uh, but yes. What a ten minutes. What a or ten minutes. Maybe, yeah. Know. Like two, it's two scenes, and one of the scenes she doesn't talk. In the in the in the office, three scenes and one of oh. the scenes she doesn't talk. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I guess because like this office scene is is the same. Yeah, I was counting it one. as the okay, same I gotcha, scene. I, gotcha. I guess is what I was thinking. I was, sorry, I wasn't correcting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't. A, uh, 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 um. So yeah, Viola Davis probably in in uh, the role that made her pop off. I think. Yeah. Right. I think she got nominated for this. Right. She did. And so I think. Um, that was huge for her career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she ha- had been working for a very long time before that. Yes. But this was the thing that really um, brought her into the limelight. Um, I'm a huge fan of hers, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the summer, the IMDb summary is pretty great. It's it's a Catholic school. Um, it, yeah, it's a Catholic school in the 60s. Yes. In New York. So mm-hmm. I think the I think the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's just that. That like milieu of like Irish kind of Irish Catholic Roman Catholic like um, Catholic school shit, which I mean I didn't go to Catholic school. No. My mother and father did. Yeah, and actually I don't know that my father did. Now that I think about it, I think he oh. did for some time, but not anyway. Doesn't matter. But my <laughs> my you know I and my mother and all our siblings did. And so I remember hearing about the nuns. Mm. I remember hearing about these nuns that like loomed so large that would 
fucking hit you. Yeah. That were like that were cruel. Yeah. <laughs> and mean. And like in some, in I'm sure there were nice nuns too, but the ones that I got told about were well, that's monsters. What, yeah, you hear about the mean ones. Well, and it's funny, not funny, interesting to me. There's a scene in the movie where, uh, so Meryl Streep's character in this movie is is the hard hard ass nun, right? The principal, the, the mean sister one. Aloysius. Yes, yes. Um, and she goes off on this rant about how handwriting is a lost art, yeah. and they don't, and the kids' handwriting is atrocious, right? And Something I remember very clearly about your mother and her siblings is that they all have the same handwriting. The same And it's beautiful. Yes. And I'm like, that's that Catholic school training right there. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so so Meryl Streep plays Sister Aloysius, the principal of this school, this Catholic school. And um, there's a new, relatively new, not that new. Yeah, but relatively new. Priest. priest There, um... Father Flynn? Did I make that up? It just that sounds right. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm like, am I being? Am I just stereotyping things? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Is, what is that? Father O'Shamrock is that his name? <laughs> um, and he uh, he's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he's like charming and kind of um, open to uh, being a little more secular in the school, and is very. I mean as played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, is kind of magnetic. Yes. You know? Yeah. It, like, gives these sermons that are pretty powerful, and, and you're like, I am, as a as a person with no kind of spiritual element to my life, <laughs> uh, that sounds weirder than I mean it to, but um, was watching and going like, yeah, man, like, I get it, these sermons. <laughs> and uh, she starts to question, as the IMDb summary said, his relationship with one particular boy. Yes, it's the only black student in right. the school. And there's some things that happen that give her suspicion that 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 he's abusing this boy. Yeah. And in order to kind of get more information and in order to bounce things off of, she enlists uh, Amy Adams' character, who's a younger nun, very reserved, very... Uh, Mousy is the wrong word, but no, kind but of, that's kind of it. She's yeah. she's uh, pliable, pliable. She's new. She she very clearly wants to be good at this, right, um, right. not just being a nun, but being a teacher. She's she's very passionate um, about the kids. That's something that's very interesting about these three characters. Right. The thing that they have in common is that they are all passionate about teaching these children, right? Just in very different ways. Right. <laughs> and the whole movie is about. I mean, it's called Doubt. They say the word doubt a lot. They do. The whole movie is about the fact, and I mean, I think we're just going to spoil it here. Yes, we're spoiling it. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's really good. It's God. really good. Um, I think it didn't get the credit it deserved when it came out. It didn't. Uh, mostly because of the final line of the thing. But I anyway, know. We'll talk anyway, about it. Anyway, we'll talk about it. But, um, but uh, so th- we'll spoil it here. So you never find out. What's actually going on? You never find out if he's actually abusing this kid. Yes. And and the beautiful, the beautiful thing about that, I'm sorry, hold your thought. Yeah. Because the, I have to say this. Please. Is that the thing that John Patrick Shanley does, both on the, in the stage version and in the movie, is that the only person he tells whether or not they did it is the person playing Father Flynn. Yeah. So Father Flynn knows whether or not he did it and right. no one else knows. And like, 
that's so juicy. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that would drive if, me insane. But it's so cool. <laughs> but even if even if he didn't tell, like, even if he had not said anything mm-hmm. to the actor, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, obviously as would have had actor, to make a choice, would have decided. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the whole point of the thing is not whether or not he did it. It's it's doubt. It's you know, not, not is 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 certainty is knowing you know um, how uh, like is like kind of sticking to your ideals versus taking them way too far. Mm-hmm. Is sister you know it's Sister Aloysius who is like might be crusading on the side of right here and might just have it out for this guy. Yeah, you know, because there's they're also butting heads the two of them because he's much more progressive and she wants to keep the church as it is and she wants to keep it. Right. Uh, kind of grumpy dumpy town. And he's like, no, yeah, let's, grumpy, inject, dumpy town. Yes, <laughs> let's inject some yeah. fun and some life into this church. Let's get some more people in here. And she's like, no, things are good as they are. Pope um, grumpy dumpy town. Was yeah. A, a, a terrible Pope. Terrible in my opinion. Pope. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she definitely has a little bit of a vendetta out for, for this right. priest. And then, so the second she gets any kind of, uh, inkling or, or, what she feels like is as good as proof, which comes from the Amy Adams character. Right. This boy comes back to her class and he's acting kind of funny. And then she says she smelled alcohol on his breath. Um, and she also sees uh, Father Flynn put a shirt in his locker, right. put his shirt in his locker. So like, why did the pastor, why did the priest have his, his shirt? Right. To return to this boy's locker right. is the point. Um, so the second that she gets this information, she's like, got him. Right. Um, and just relentlessly pursues him, including bringing it up to the mother, who's played by Viola Davis here, um, and who the mother just puts on this beautiful, the mother, Viola Davis puts on this <laughs> this amazing performance um, because, I mean, essentially she indicates that the boy is gay and she knows it and the father knows it and the father beats him for it. And she's just trying to get him through school. She's got, she's managed to get her son in this very good school and it's just for six months. That's the line she keeps saying. And if she can get him through the school, then he has a chance at a good high school and a chance at a future. And her whole thing is if this, even if it's true, that the priest is abusing her son. If it gets him through this and if it, if there's a man paying attention to him, she's, she's like, it's only six months. Right. She's willing to kind of put up with certain things in exchange for other things. Yeah. She's willing to sacrifice this in, in exchange for that. And, um, you know, Meryl Streep is like disgusted by that, but Mm -hmm. is also, you know, disgusted because she wants this guy gone. Right. She's singularly focused. It's just such a, um, smart play, uh, and such a smart, like, you know, the whole point of a, uh, to me, the whole point of a play and drama and all that is to put people with, you know, differing wants Mm -hmm. up against each other. And sometimes those differing wants are like within the same person. And Meryl Streep is, Guys, hey, Denzel Washington is a good actor, and so is Meryl Streep. Yeah. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. But, you know, by making Meryl Streep, who, Meryl, Sister Aloysius, this unlikable kind of character, mm-hmm. and ma- 
you know, but you are, are you rooting for her? Are you not? It's just so well done and deft on every actor's part and the writing and all this stuff. I will say, so it was a play. It was a very famous play that, and then got adapted into a movie with like by the playwright. And (sighs) you know, how many, we've seen lots of plays turned into movies. Yes. And it's so funny with this one because he does John Patrick Shanley, who's also, he wrote Moonstruck and he wrote, uh, Joe yeah. wrote and directed Joe versus the volcano. Yeah. Which is a great movie. But, um, so he, he's not just a playwright. Like he knows movies and stuff. Yeah. And he did such an amazing job of adapting this because there's so many little details and little cinematic flourishes yes. and all these things that like make it not feel like a play. But then you get to the play scenes. Oh my like, God. It's like, <laughs> it's like you can tell you're, you're like, okay, movie, 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 movie. And I'm not saying they don't, I'm not saying they don't work. In fact, they work really well. Yeah. But you get to these scenes that are like, you know, in the, in, if this were a Fast and a Furious movie, this would be the car chase. Like, yeah. It would be like, this is the fireworks of it. Yeah. The play scenes, it's about 40 minutes in is like the first one. Viola Davis has another one later. Yes. But 40 minutes in, you get this play, this, sorry, this play scene where like, and the scene that I'm thinking of is, in Sister Aloysius's office, when she first, she and Amy Adams' character first kind of like confront Father Flynn a little bit about what's going on with this boy. And just like I said, you know, I, I wrote this on Letterboxd, but like it's like the Avengers Endgame of tiny, meaningful face twitches. <laughs> like it's so crazy. It is so good. I mean, first of all, what an insanely like magical luckiest person in the world thing to happen that you wrote this thing you wrote a play and then you get to not only adapt the script for film but you also get to direct it yeah that's like i can't imagine and being he that did a lucky. Great job. yes and he does a wonderful job and that scene is like i can't I can't even i don't even <laughs> i just there are no words it is like, it's one of those scenes where you watch it and you're just like, oh, this is acting. <laughs> but <laughs> Which not sounds like, so stupid, yeah. but it's, 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 it's everything that any actor should strive or want to be. It's so perfectly choreographed between the three of them. Yeah, chore- the choreography of it is great. Oh, my God. And the coverage. And, the, and you say that, and I agree with you that, like, oh, this is acting. But not in a way where it's like you can see the acting. Yeah, where That's I'm not like what watching I mean. acting. Yeah. Like there's there's some scenes that like I I'm mean, thinking of like there's a scene in Spotlight that I always talk about. Yeah, where it's like and now here's acting. acting. Yes, no, but this is like it's everything. Spotlight was just kind of like a sequel to Doubt. In oh, many ways. Okay. anyway, same <laughs> universe. Yes, it's everything that that I want mm-hmm. <laughs> as a person who acts. It is. It is magical in a way that you just don't see all of the time and that um in a way that even the best actors may never achieve and the three of them and the director and everyone else working on this film make it happen in this scene and it's just fucking beautiful yeah and it's the same for that viola davis scene later it's like yeah you get to it and you're like oh, this is, like, from the play. Yeah. Like, this is a play scene. Yeah, And by which I mean, like, this is, like, acting and writing and all of it taking, you know, it's so much 
that's the, the, the fireworks of it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and, uh, fun fact, apparently, IMDb trivia, so who knows if it's true, but apparently Philip Seymour Hoffman had a terrible cold the day they shot that scene. Wow. So it's like, this is him sick? <laughs> he has a line in that. He has, a, he, has, he has, I think about this all the time. He has a line, <laughs> like, all the time. Yeah. In, like, I feel like in so many, like, situations and work meetings and, like, whatever, um, where he goes, like, you know, they, they kind of, like, are slowly creeping towards the subject that they want to talk about. That starts by talking about Frosty the Snowman. The Christmas at the, pageant. At the Christmas yeah. pageant. And it's slowly creeping towards this boy and his relationship with the boy. And the minute the boy gets brought up and, like, all this stuff, he just goes... What are we talking about now? <laughs> and he goes, and, and like I think about that all the time, just as like a wait. What are we talking about? Wait, what? Like, wait, wait. Oh, oh. Is and then he says like, oh, is this what you wanted to talk about? Or is yeah. this? And then a second later, I'm so sorry. I'm just like reciting the scene, but I fucking love it. There's a a few seconds later where he goes, well, I'm a little uncomfortable, <laughs> and it fucking is so good, and it's so, and the movie's like, I don't know. It's it's really just. Uh, good. It's uh, guys. It's, it's good. good. It's, it's good. really good. Um, there's a, a, another scene that is very like play like and very like uh, you know it's it's so it's that scene where they first confront him. It's the Viola Davis scene which happens in the office and then as they're walking uh, to work to Viola yeah. Davis's job, and then the other one is the scene where he confronts. Meryl Streep's character. Yes. The thir- I call it the third party scene because yeah. she just keeps saying, we need a third party in here to make this right. official or whatever. I don't know. And the thing that is so, so that, it, you know, it's that it's coming to a head. It's him saying, stop pursuing right. this. Right. Stop it. Um, and her saying, you know, I- I'm doing this for the children. I'm not, I'm not going to let you get away with it. I yeah. called your old church. Right. She says she spoke to a nun there right. and he's and mad him. about the protocol. You're not supposed to speak exactly. to the nun. You're him, supposed to speak to the, you know, exactly. yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but him running up against like, n- not just being angry about the accusation, which we don't know if it's correct or not, right. but being angry about her having the gall yeah. to do this. Like when he's her superior. Yes. That is, that's like coming to a head as well mm-hmm. in that scene. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. It's like, it's it's beautiful. And something I noticed this time watching it is that, so very like uh, film school 101 in, and, you know, theater 101 as well. If there's a scene where two people are having a fight, typically whoever has the high ground is literally higher than the other person, mm-hmm. right? So if uh, two people are having a fight, the person who is winning is standing and the person who is losing is sitting. And you watch this scene and there are moments where... Meryl Streep is winning, but she's sitting down and, and you know, that's a very, again, like I said, one one it's very like basic. It's not always true, but it is typically true to, to visually show your audience. Yeah. This person is winning the fight. They are bigger, they are taller, they are stronger. And so to have, to force Meryl Streep who like can handle it, obviously, <laughs> but to force her to, uh, work against, I'm sitting in a chair and he's up and big and puffed and yelling. up. yelling. He's yeah. like, yeah, he's and so angry. And she's calm and right. ju- it's just, mwah, 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 mwah. Yeah. it's so good. And then the same thing happens. They reverse. 
Right. And she's and she's losing it a little bit and he's super calm and small and it's right. just like, "Oh my god." Well, that's why like are they a thing. So good? That's a thing that's <laughs> that's a thing in this movie that I, that is so uh, well done is that from even from moment to moment, especially in that scene, I remember, mm-hmm. from moment to moment, you think you know you think you've got a handle on what is happening and yeah, then and it who's changes. Yeah, who's in control? Yeah. Who's in control exactly and who and what each character knows mm-hmm. and what each character is admitting to and all this stuff. Yeah. And it just keeps shifting under your feet in in the way that it is for them too. Yeah. And it's just really uh well done. There's like a couple that so okay. So let's talk about the final line of the movie. No, oh, boy. This is like a spoiler. But I do think that I, so we saw this in the theater. We did. And I think I picked up the Blu-ray, because it's a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I think I got it used somewhere at some point. I don't think I, like, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, we saw it in the theater. I remember liking it a lot, but also it not really sticking with me. Okay. And I remember the thing that we talked about as we were leaving was the final line. That was, yeah. like, the thing that we mostly talked about. Yeah. And it's because the final line <laughs> is... Uh, so again, full spoilers here. Yeah, they've gotten uh, Father Flynn fired, but not fired. Promoted. Yeah, like he they've left. gotten him. He left. They've gotten him moved, but he's essentially taken a promotion. Yeah, like so they got him out, but he's not. They haven't won. It's a, yeah. you know, um, and Sister James, who's Amy Adams, mm-hmm. she asks like. You know, do you feel good about what you did? Like, do you feel and do you feel like you won essentially? Like, like do you feel you, like you've done the right thing? Yeah, the right thing. And uh, Meryl Streep, Sister Aloysius, says yes, and then she just starts weeping, which is very obviously unlike this character who's been a, a stone the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and saying, "But I have doubt. <laughs> I have doubt." And she's crying, and the last line of the movie is, "I have doubt," and then it's like, "Okay, doubt is over well, now." Well, I mean, not to nitpick here, but. What she says is, I have doubts. Yeah, no, you're right. Which, and I, I'm not saying that to, to say, like, actually, but what I'm saying it because it's strange, it should be, I have doubt. Yeah. Because the movie and the play are called Doubt. Right. <laughs> and it is doubts. frustrating that she has doubts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not like a bad performance. It's not even a bad line. No. It's none of that. But it's just that thing where someone says the title of the movie and yes. you're like, eh, 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 because I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a dumb child. And I'm like, oh, they said like ghost protocol. I feel like, like I wrote this down. I was like, <laughs> I feel like somewhere someone has a list of movies and how far into the movie you get before they say the title right, of the movie. Right. This one was about five minutes. Right. They say doubt. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and it's not just saying the title of the movie, it's someone wailing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that's the last line of the movie. It's, I, I'm not faulting the movie or the play or anything for that, but it's just like a goofy thing that, for me anyway, I just remember we were all like kind of laughing about that as yeah. we were leaving the theater. Well, I wonder, I wonder if it works better on stage. I don't think it would. Yeah. I think it was Cherry Jones on stage. It was. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> cool for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. Okay. I don't really have this like thought out, so I'm going to say some stuff. I love that. That's what we do here. But like. There's an interesting thing about this movie, watching it now, mm-hmm. and I'm loath to say these words, but like in the age of 
quote unquote, everyone being upset about cancel culture and yes, stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Because the movie is so much about certainty and, you know, try, I mean, and trying to get someone fired for like rightfully so if they're guilty, but, but she doesn't know that, you know right. what I mean? And taking accusate, like taking like gossip and accusations, um, as, uh, you know, as gospel, no pun intended. Ay. And, but then also like, you know, moment to moment you're like, wait, but I think he did do it, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's like, it's just a very, um, it feels like a real, like of the moment kind of movie, even though it's what, 15 years old and then, or, you know, 12 or 15 years old and then based on a play from even earlier. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, obviously it was a, it was written at a time when the Catholic priest scandal, a Catholic church rape scandal, you know what I mean? Like the the rape industrial complex that is the Catholic church. Yeah. Um, uh, what that was like the thing it was kind of in response to and the thing that it was working off of. Um, and it's still doing that, but now it's like also got this other element to it in like, you know, post like me too. And everyone freaking the fuck out about like, Oh, cancel culture or whatever. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, and, um, just to say it, apparently this is based off of John Patrick Shenley's experience in, in Catholic school. Yeah, I bet it is. His, uh, <laughs> specifically the character, I can't remember the character's name, but the character, the boy who says, who's walking, he's leaving, he's walking away from the, from father. Oh, and he yeah. says, bullshit. Yeah. This is bullshit. And he says, what did you say? And he says, nothing. Yeah. Apparently that, like, actually happened. You right. know what I mean? It has um, all those little details that blame it on the bossa nova scene where yeah, they're going to dance, but like, yeah. you know, in a very chaste way. Yeah. It's all great. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with cancel culture, I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to go down this road because that's not what this, this podcast is about, but no. something uh, that I saw that it, uh, felt like it explained it kind of perfectly for me as someone who, who sort of believes in, in cancel culture just, but uh, you know, obviously not to the extreme that some people take it, but also it's this thing where for decades and years and years and years and centuries, we've seen specifically white cis men get away with mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And cancel culture is people taking it into their own hands. Right. It is the only repercussion that we have when people behave badly and are not held accountable. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know... And to call it cancel culture is like dismissive. It's dismissive. When it's and just like people facing consequences. Exactly. Exactly. And the people who are like mad about cancel culture are the cis white men who are finally Fully. being held accountable for shit. Fully. I'm not so, trying to like solve it. No, right no, now. no, no. I'm just no, trying I know. to say like it's interesting to watch this movie now. Yeah. Like, you know, because it's about that, that kernel of like knowing you're right. But are you? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like this. It's kind of about doubt. (gasps) (laughs) Um, I also want to shout out. Shout out. Shout out to. Shout out. That's weird. That's a weird one. Shout out. That we both say. I'm not. I'm blaming you. I'm saying we both do that. (laughs) I got to shout out this person. They're definitely listening. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know who's listening is cinematographer Roger Deacon. Yeah, for sure. Is incredible. Mm. Shot like Fargo. Shot No Country for Old Men. Shot like Skyfall. Like so. I'm not. That's yeah. That's not even everything. By yeah, a, a long shot. But and then the, he shot this movie too, and it looks incredible. It's and he's like beautiful. Yeah. When I say that you can feel and taste and smell what these scenes are, yeah, like ooh, it's for like a movie based on a play, right? Like, it's, it's crazy. incredible. 
And the way the the way that Meryl Streep and Amy Adams, especially, kind of like the way they're lit and the way they that they, I don't know what it's called. They're like hoods. I, I mean, they're habit, but they're like the the hood part of the habit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, the way they kind of like disappear into that and mm-hmm. like emerge from it. I don't, I don't know into like from the darkness in their own clothes is like I don't know. It's right. Really, Everything about this. Yeah. Every detail about this movie is is impeccable, and it's just. Yeah. Wonderful. I didn't like the part where where the woman comes in and says, "You, she's her the cat has caught a mouse," and she says, "It takes a cat to catch a mouse." And Meryl Streep goes like, "It really does," or something <laughs> like that. And she's thinking about <laughs> catching Philip Seymour Hoffman. I was like, "Okay, all right." So you know, I felt like I had to get one complaint in there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. In conclusion. Go watch it out if you haven't seen it. Hey, you can watch it on Cinemax Go. Oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, it's okay. I was literally just gonna say, is it available? You can watch it streaming <laughs> on Cinemax Go or Direct TV. Wow, I am uh, floored that it's not on HBO. That seems it seems like a real HBO. Well, if it was on HBO, it would be ten hours long, <laughs> filled with scenes that don't go anywhere. Uh, just kidding, love you, HBO. Um, but you know, not everything needs to be a limited series. That's Great. true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, quick cue. What's the connection? Our cleanest connection yet, Amy Adams. Amy baby. Adams. Didn't we have another one where it was? Probably. Look, we've done a lot of these now. We definitely have had one other one. I can't remember what it is, though. There was one other one where it was like this person. And what was the... Yeah, yeah, because it was... Oh, it was um uh, 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 Leslie. Leslie, she played the same character of the same name in both films. One was I Love oh, You, Philip Morris. Oh, it was Leslie Mann, I Love You, Philip Morris, and this is 40. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Amy Adams, the Leslie Mann of late 2021. Um, <laughs> great. Great. Our next movie... Is Junebug from 2005, directed by Phil Morrison. IMDb summary. A dealer in outsider art travels from Chicago to North Carolina to meet her new in-laws, challenging the equilibrium of this middle-class southern home. Mm, Okay, not as great a summary as Doubt, but... Not bad. Not bad, and also I feel like this film is kind of hard to put a finger on. Yeah, I mean, it is. So it's um, Alessandro Nivola plays George, I think his name is. Pollux Troy plays Pollux George. Pollux Troy, right. <laughs> or uh, he's uh plays Dickie Moltisanti in The Many Saints of Newark on HBO Max, October uh, something. The new Sopranos movie? Oh, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do not know what you're talking about. Um, and... Uh, so get excited about that. <laughs> anyway, um, Alessandro Novello plays George. And Beth Davids plays... Or Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me get through a sentence. Nope. Okay, great. Um, and Beth Davids, Miss Honey from Matilda plays... Oh, what's her name? Cheryl? No. Uh, Hold on. They say it so many times in the movie. It's like Madeline. Oh, it is Madeline. Yeah. It, Madeline. Is Madeline. it Madeline? Yeah, Madeline. Okay, there we go. Anyway, so she plays Madeline. They are a couple in Chicago. They've met very quickly, fallen in love very quickly. Mm-hmm. She deals art. And then she gets a lead on a new outsider artist um, in 
North Carolina, rural North Carolina. And it's like, hey, let's go visit your family while we're down there. He lives an hour away from your family, so let's go visit your family. They go down, and um, they go visit the family. And that's the whole movie. I mean, that's like what it is. Yeah. It's very 2005 indie film. Like that is the perfect explanation of the feel of this film. Yes. Um, I don't remember. I think we probably saw it when we lived in LA and I have, I've associated with living in LA for some reason. Oh, um, I mean, 2005. Yeah. And I remember watching it. It's one of those, it's a lot like, the Good Girl, which we talked about, mm-hmm. which was an indie movie that came out early two thousands, yeah, has that vibe. And then I feel like we watched it a lot. Like I, re- I remember watching this movie a lot, a lot. Okay, but then I have not seen it since. Okay, like I've not I don't seen it remember in many, many years. I don't remember watching it a lot. I remember watching it and really liking it, which felt strange because I, at the time especially, did not consider myself someone who enjoyed kind of this type of movie very okay. much, right? Um, but then going into it, we watched it last night. Going into it, I was like, I don't remember a single thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it started with the art gallery and the two of them, and I was like, I literally only remember pregnant Amy Adams and OC, Welcome to the OC. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, like, I have no idea what happens in this film, except, you know, yeah. So So this they're this cosmopolitan Chicago couple. They come back to rural North, rural North Carolina. Yeah. And Amy Adams and Ben McKenzie play uh George's brother and sister-in-law. She's super pregnant. Yes. And I mean the movie works because of Amy Adams. Like the movie's yes. good. I like the movie personally. Mm-hmm. But she's like so good in this she and is. such a star and like it kind she's kind of like the core of that story of the story. She feel well, and she, as an as an actress, she feels like uh kind of the glue here. Like yeah. this movie has is kind of the opposite of Doubt, where you've got these three three to four powerhouse actors. Because Viola Davis only is in scenes with Meryl Streep, yeah. but you've got these four actors who are powerhouses, who. So that has the potential for everyone to really butt heads, and they all work beautifully together. Yeah. And this one, Junebug, it feels like you've got great actors here. You've got, you know, like everyone is great and yeah. doing a good job. I don't know if the chemistry is there. And Amy Adams really does emerge as this kind of standout. It's a standout role. Performance. And she does an amazing yeah. job at it. Like she's So they show up, and she is just like... A, she's kind of, and I, I, I don't know if you've encountered this kind of person, but I definitely have. Mm-hmm. She's like, um, sweet and fun and like n- very nice, but also just this like roiling cauldron of insecurity. Very so she young. just never stops talking. Yeah. Super young, super pregnant is, um, always trying to put a sunny face on the fact that her, uh, husband is a monster yeah, and is like, you know, is like n- neglectful and rageful and is like, you know, has very a, lost and like yeah, possibly has some kind of like, yeah, definitely ADHD or, or some, there's a lot there. His character has a lot of like, um, you know, he's trying to get his GED and he has to write a paper on Huckleberry Finn, but he buys the Cliffs notes and still doesn't really understand it. Right. And, and but then he also, yeah, but then he also everything. has this really cute scene at work where he's just like so happy to be at this, this kind of 
it's like a factory. It's like a, that yeah, it's like a shipping up. warehouse yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but he, it's this really kind of strange scene. Yeah. Where it's him and his coworkers just having a great time. Right. And it's funny and they're hanging out and all it's this stuff. The only time he smiles or yeah. laughs. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's Ben McKenzie from the OC. Which yeah. We just watched all of, by the way, in the <laughs> pandemic. Um, and this is a very different thing for him, but not that different. Not that different. He's kind of doing I the was, same Yeah. Thing. I was like, I was like, Oh, are we going to get to see him, you know, stretch his legs? And I'm like, well, a little bit, a little I mean, bit. It's nice. And it's, it is nice to see him, Outside of the OC, because I know he's on been on a couple of shows, but I haven't really seen Gotham, any, baby. Yeah, on, on anything else besides the OC. So yeah. it was nice to see him in something else. And I do think he does a really great job. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is kind of the same as yeah. Ryan. Yeah. But Ashley, who is Amy Adams' character, she's like so insecure. She's yeah. just fixated. Like the amount of time she brings up her weight. Five minutes, you know, in, in within the first five minutes of of meeting her character is just like so recognizable as a type, and so and she does such a great job with it. Yeah, and she's pregnant. Okay, <laughs> right. I mean, like she's wrong, but like the 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 movie is a you know it, it like that character is is so believable. Yeah, as someone who would be fixated on her weight and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like it's a she. It's such a funny performance, and it's just like the whole. It's again. It's like. Uh, you know, this is I. This is a weird thing to say, but like, if this was a Fast and the Furious movie, like Amy Adams' performance would be the car chase part of it. <laughs> like, this is the thing that you go to this movie for. Uh, that... New segment: What's the car chase? <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> I like, do, I do. like this is that that's the like firecracker of it. That's the they describe her as a firecracker. Yeah. Um, but you know, there it's the movie is this couple there, and once they get there, George. The, the guy who's this is his family who they're visiting, mm. he like essentially disappears from the movie. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that he's not there, but like the movie aggressively stops following him. Right. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Cause there are all of these scenes kind of woven in. Like the, the only one I can remember right now, but I know there were a couple more where it's like he's at like Waffle House eating with his dad right. and there's no dialogue. It's just the two of them taking a couple bites of food. I think he laughs and then that's it. Right. And it's like, why, what, what was that? It's, and it's, it's aggressively being like, we're not thinking about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he also like just goes off to like buy, get gas for an hour or something like, yeah. like exactly. That's exactly it. I love that. I love, I hadn't noticed that scene when we watched it before, but I noticed it this time. Cause yeah. Like, oh, it's like rubbing your face in the fact that there he's in his own movie. Yeah. He's in his own movie that we're not seeing. The movie we're seeing is about his, is like family stone almost. Yeah. It's about his, uh, new wife hanging out with his sister-in-law. Yeah. His pregnant sister-in-law. And it's like all about, you know, her baby shower and they go to a church function and like all this stuff. And just the, the Ashley, Amy Adams character is like obsessed with her. Yeah. Like, and how beautiful she is. How beautiful she is. Exactly. Yeah. And how fancy she is and all this stuff and is in love with her, not romantically, but just like is in love with her. And that's such a, I don't know, it's, like, really beautiful. Like, it's, and then, um, you know, and then it just, they, they get kind of, like, they, you know, there is stuff that happens with, like, um, you know, Madeline having to choose about the family versus her, her job, her job yeah. and stuff like that, which becomes important later. But, like, it's just, it's such a quiet kind of reserved movie just about these people. I don't know. Yeah. And it's got some real, really good um, emotional hits. 
Um, specifically, there's a scene where I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to spoil this scene because it is maybe my favorite scene from the whole film, but I am going to spoil it. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, but uh, so uh, Ben McKenzie's character, there, the Amy Adams is having her baby shower upstairs. Yeah. And he's downstairs watching TV. And earlier, she had said that her favorite animal was a meerkat. Right. And he's watching TV and he's flipping through. And he there's a channel and a meerkat pops up. And he calls her and she doesn't hear. So he gets up. He grabs a VHS. He puts it in the VCR. He tries to record it. It's not working. And he just loses it. Right. And she comes down because he's screaming. And she's like, trying to help him and he says never mind he he freaks out at her and never he doesn't ever say there were meerkats on tv i was trying to record something for he just says i was trying to record something on tv so she doesn't ever know and it's just the sweetest thing i've ever seen in my entire life is this man freaking out because all he wants to do is record the meerkats for his wife and but then also because she has this whole thing where she's like, I just wish he was, he was the way he was in high school when we were so in love and now he hates me and I don't think he wants to be a father. And, you know, so she has all these insecurities about their relationship and like, he does love her. Right. He He just doesn't know how to show emotion. And it's just like, Oh my God, it breaks my heart. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of scenes like that. Yeah. Do you need to flip the page? Sorry. No, it's okay. There are a lot of scenes like that that just really hit you in the feels. Right. Then for me, the rest of it is kind of like confused or I don't know. I'm I I am confused about this. I don't I honestly <laughs> I don't know why I liked it so much when we first saw it. I I wonder if it's literally just like I said, it's not the type of film that I would have liked. Right. So I was pleasantly surprised and maybe it was like a shifting of tastes or a, uh, an introduction to a new kind of movie that I could like. And so that's why I was kind of like, oh, this is great. And But wa- watching it again, I, I don't know that I love it. Great. I think that <laughs> I agree with you. I think the movie's about people like showing love in the only way that they know how, mm. you know what I mean? And mm. like for him, it's trying to record those meerkats. And for the dad who can't, who never, who says like five words in the whole movie, yeah. it's like woodworking and making a little bird yeah. out of wood. And for, uh, Madeline and George, it's like sex. And for, you know what I mean? And like I, that, and that is, and everyone's like very, um, what's the word? Uh, like hamstrung. Like they, they're, they're not good at, it. They're yeah. not good at expressing love for each other. Emotionally stunted. Emotionally stunted, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think it captures that really well. And I, I mean, I know what you're talking about with like the. There's the thing that the movie does that I really like, that I could see not liking, <laughs> which is like there's so many scenes. I mean, the the thing in you know that they tell you in like save the cat or whatever it is like screenwriting books or play playwriting or whatever mm-hmm. is like you come into a scene as late as possible and you leave as early as possible. You come into showing a scene like you don't show like oh the guy drove his car up to the place and right. then got out and then went in and bought gas and then you know what I mean you show like him getting to the job interview or whatever right um, or her getting to the job interview like hey, look it could be. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, (laughs) um, But the thing that this movie does is there's so much time um, intentionally spent in rooms where people aren't or where people are about to be. Like, there's so many shots of, like, oh, the baby shower scene starts with the empty room where the baby shower is about to be and then dissolves to the baby shower or the church scene mm. starts with like people start setting, setting up, up the church the stuff. Potluck, you know what I mean? Yeah. And part of the thing that that does for me is like, Oh, it just kind of like slice of life shows you like, you know, Oh, these are real people and they going about their day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's also just this really, there's also like a lot of just like, there's, there's one sequence I remember in particular where like, Amy Adams drags Madeline to the mall. Yeah. And you don't see them go to the mall. No. But she drags her out of the room physically. Yeah. And then you you stay in the room. And then there's like several shots of different empty rooms in the house. Yeah. And then, you know, the next scene starts or whatever. Right. And it goes on for like a minute or two. Mm-hmm. And for me, I really... I, I remember that. I remember that from seeing this movie 15 years ago. And I remember that feeling. And like... This is too deep, probably, or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for me, it was, like, so much about, like, oh, these places, they, like, exist even when you're gone. You know what I mean? Okay. And, like, that's what the feeling, like, George and Madeline leave at the end of the movie to go back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But this place is still going to be here. And, like, these people were living and growing. Like, they it say, they say early on they, they weren't there for three years. This They haven't seen anybody in three years and they're coming back. Yeah. And, like, all this stuff happened in the three years that they were gone. And that's, like, probably too deep a way to think about it. But mm-hmm. I remember that feeling from seeing it all that time ago. And I was, like, and then, like, seeing it again now, I was, like, oh, yeah. And I still, like, had that weird feeling. Or, like, the scene where there's the another part of that is the scene where... Um, there's a scene in the end where Madeline is like on the lawn and there's a neighbor yeah. who like wave they and they just like wave to each other. Yeah. And then we stay with the neighbor for a second while she walks back into her house. Yeah. And like obviously like uh, it doesn't you're not you're not going to there's no dramatic kind of anything happening there. Right. But it's just about that feeling that really worked on me. Yeah. Um I uh, see you and I hear you. I did not get that at all. <laughs> not get any of that at all. I, I mean, you say it and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I Sure. You know, um, but I, yeah, that that did not work on me, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, especially watching it this time was left very much with, with the feeling that I hate where it's like, I... You didn't, you didn't give me enough. You didn't give me enough. I wanted, for example, uh, why were none of these people at their wedding? Like, clearly they got married very quickly. Yeah. Why did they get married very quickly? Why did they feel the need to do that? Like, just, and I, you know, I get there's a reason you don't answer every single question. But this, it just felt like there were so many things that they wanted me to just go along with as far as their relationship. And as far as... The the two oh what um, George uh, and Madeline George and Madeline thank you as as far as their relationship goes and then you want me to you want me to see this kind of fish out of water thing with her coming into this family but I don't know anything about her at all there's this weird thing she does where she kisses everyone on both cheeks now she's British so like I guess that's kind of what they're going for and yeah. then uh, Ashley 
starts doing the same thing. Yeah. Like when people come to the baby shower, she kisses them all but on both cheeks. Yeah, like makes yeah. a point to do it. And that's very clearly her emulating uh, Madeline. And, you know, and it's very, it's a lovely little detail. But, it, like, I'm just trying to picture a situation where I've met someone and married them without my family there. Yeah. And then going to see my family. Yeah. And not addressing that that's fucking weird at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, these people are all so stunted emotionally that it doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't bother me, but I know what you mean. It's just... To have no mention of that aspect of it at all... Sure. ...feels very strange to me. Like, there's not even a thing where, you know, uh, George's mother very clearly doesn't like Madeline very much, but... But also there, you know, it's more about her, her being from the big city than anything else. She doesn't trust her at all. Yeah. And it's not aggressive. It's not even enough. Like it's not even turned up enough. Like if, if the mother really hated her, like Mm -hmm. you're not good enough for my son or whatever type thing, that would be something, but it's just kind of, she's just kind of like, I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's right there to say like, Hey, you took my son away from me and you didn't even have the courtesy of meeting me first. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to just ignore that dynamic completely feels weird to me. I don't know. It just doesn't. Yeah, man. uh, Didn't work for you. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it didn't work for me, but simultaneously I, I want more from it. So I think that is saying something that like. I'm not just like, didn't work, dismiss it, I hate it. Yeah. It's very much like, ooh, you almost had me, though. You almost had me. Sure. I gotcha. Amy Adams, though, great. Amy Adams, stellar. <laughs> great. And the, the, um... She does this, um, thing, uh, that she does a ton in Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, those are similar characters, actually. Yeah. Uh, but where she like, she like smiles and then puts her tongue between her teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's very, uh, funny. That's very funny. The mother, by the way, is played by Celia Weston. Yes. Great character actress. Is, uh, great in this movie. Yeah. Also, there's a scene where pregnant, pregnant Amy Adams does weird, like sit-ups. They're not sit-ups. It's that thing where you like lie on your back and you push your pelvis into the air. Um, and apparently that was done with a split screen and an actual pregnant woman. That makes sense. Cause I thought it was weird. It how looked the, weird. The bed. How the, the bed post was right in the middle of her doing it. Yeah. I was like. I remember you kind of going, uh, and I was yeah. like, aha, well, I'll bring up that fun fact. That is, you know what? That is a fun fact. Fun fact. I've had a lot of fun hearing it and I, and, and I hope other people have too. <laughs> okay. Um, is it available? No, uh, you can, uh, purchase it, you know, like digitally, Mm. but it's not streaming Streaming for free anywhere. Okay. Um, which is a travesty in my book. (laughs) I'm a big Junebug fan. I liked it. You're a real Junebug head. Yeah. I'm they call us June buds. (laughs) (laughs) June buddies. No. Okay. Um, great. Well, what do we do? Here we are. I know what you want to do. This is the moment. You'd like to keep doubt and get rid of Junebug, right? Yeah, I think that's where I'm hitting. But I could be convinced otherwise. I won't lie. I'm not. I don't feel 
strongly about it. I just know that watching these two movies, doubt is a, a feat and an accomplishment and uh, an incredible work of art. And Junebug is not there. Didn't for quite, you personally. Didn't quite for you. Get there. For you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For you. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's um, it. It's just for me. Uh, I would not feel good about getting rid of Junebug. Interesting. Because it's not a movie that's widely available. It's an independent film, uh, so it might become harder and harder to find. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's good to have a physical copy of that. Also, the DVD has the casting tapes on it oh. for both Amy Adams and Ben McKenzie. They're I don't so know. Cringe. I don't know why anyone. If I was Amy Adams and Ben McKenzie, I would sue. Yeah. <laughs> do not share the casting tapes. No, and they do a wonderful job. They're great, but I would. I would unalive myself it's bad it's bad (laughs) um so i don't want to get rid of june bug so what do we do we could make a donation great way to come back make a little donation yeah we could choose a rule but the rules are getting there's poison pills in those rules i know why don't we make a donation great we'll make a donation yeah we'll keep both i wonder if there's some sort of like uh you know, victims of victims of abuse of abuse. Yeah, yes. place that we can donate to. We're going to donate to Rain. Yes, Rain, which yes. is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. Yes. So we're going to make a donation. That's what we're going to do in order to keep both of these DVDs. Because <laughs> um, it's very important. Yes. To keep um, both Doubt and Junebug in our collection. Yes, and we will, uh, you know, post uh, some links and stuff to Rain in case you feel inclined to donate to them as well. It's a great organization, so uh, keep an eye out for those. I love it. I love it. All right. We ready? Let's pick another one of these, shall we? Let's do it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 493. 493 is from 1967, The Graduate. Oh, fun story. I've never seen it. Well, get into it. I've never seen it, which is insane. It feels like for so many reasons. Are you ready? For a boomer classic. <laughs> I'm ready for a boomer classic. Okay. <laughs> Love a boomer classic. No, that's exciting. That's, you know, one of those ones that's on my list and I would probably never get to it unless forced to. So. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound exciting. You're right. You made it sound really exciting. <laughs> no, I'm happy. I'm happy to be. You don't have to say you're happy. Forced to watch this movie. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 862. 862 from 2007. The Nanny Diaries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's mine. Uh, yep. I loved that book. <laughs> I love that book. Uh, the movie. Why do I feel like I saw it recently? Because I watched it recently. So oh, okay. you were probably like 
in the room. The but. thing I remember is that they shot at the PATH station in Hoboken. Yeah. For one part. And I was yeah. excited. I was like, I recognize that column. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm actually interested to uh, torture you with that one. So Great. <laughs> Love it. The Graduate and the Nanny Diaries. Sure. What a thrilling match. <laughs> We're back, baby. Um, That's, yeah. I I mean, hey, maybe it'll spark some real, real good conversation. <laughs> you are making this sound like the worst podcast that's ever been recorded. Look, I don't know. Maybe it'll spark some good conversation. <laughs> oh, no. Well, if you'd like to watch along. Get your copies of The Graduate and The Nanny Diaries. I don't know what this is. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen, y'all, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the worldwide web. Um, also, like, hopefully you've come back and you're still listening and you got this far. And just want to let you know, we've got some fun stuff planned for the future, it's September, which means the next month is October, and you know what we do ooh. in October. Um, <laughs> so terrible spooky. Oh, October! Terrible noise. Um, but we have some fun stuff pl- planned for Spooky Month, uh, and some stuff coming up, all of which involves you, our, our lovely listeners. So. Make sure you're following us uh, and looking out for those things. And hey, tell somebody about us. Tell somebody. Text somebody right now. Take out your phone right now. Text someone and say, yo, I have been listening to this amazing podcast. Okay, and these two are great. They're beautiful and so smart and just like so clever and just muscly rippling muscles. You went to a different place. Um, but seriously, text someone right now and tell them to listen to our, our podcast. Not us. Don't text us. Don't, we, <laughs> we, we, we record it. We, we know. know. Um, but yeah, that it, you know, obviously it really helps us to spread the word. Uh, if you haven't written a review for us, oh, yeah, that would that. be amazing. Oh, you if you have a written a review for us, log in with your other email and write another review. Also, go to the reviews and see if you can find the ones that we wrote. <laughs> That's a fun game for you while you're there. Um, but yeah, thank you. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Yes. Um, we love each and every one of you. Uh, and you know what? Come on back next week and see who survives. DVD Deathmatch. Death it's a great orange, isn't it? Oh, try it again. It's... <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs>